All right, it is time for another Longhorn Confidential. Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman here with Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden, Thomas Jones. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in, whether it's watching watching us on YouTube, checking out statesman.com, or listening to us on wherever you get your podcast. But we have a lot to talk about, and it's pretty much all football. The spring game was this past Saturday. We are recording this on Monday. So spring drills, they're done. Let's talk about the spring game. Kirk, uh, we've all seen... We've seen a few of these spring games in our days. You never really know what exactly to take from them. I mean, whether or not you can gauge whether this team's a national t- championship contender, this thing means absolutely nothing. Um, that's, I guess, kind of for the eye of the beholder. But, you know, from your eye, what did you see in the press box on Saturday? They looked as good as they could look. <laughs> I mean, uh, overall. I mean, again, it's spring game. Flip flip a coin and see. But you see talent. You see talent all over the field. And uh, Sarkeesian addressed that with us in the post game is that he loves a bit of depth. You know, before the starter went down, you worried about, oh man, what's the drop off going to be like when you put the backup in? And he said they don't have that worry anymore. So uh, they look like a team that, that's got depth. They look like a team that's got talent. They look like a team that's got weapons. And quite frankly, you know, I see a Big 12 contender. There's no reason why in year three, they shouldn't be a contender for the Big 12, if not the outright favorite. Obviously, the position everyone cares about, and that's everyone's going to talk about, is the quarterback position. I mean, there's a reason why Arch Manning got a standing ovation from the 30,000-ish <laughs> people who were at DKR this weekend. So after the game, um, Steve sa- essentially said um, QB1 is going to be Quinn, um, which I, I don't think is a complete shock, um, being since he was the starting quarterback last year. But you know, people were kind of wondering whether Arch was going to you know, come in here and take that job or people were willing to see what Malik Murphy had after, um, you know, not getting to see him last year. But Quinn Ewers in the spring game, 16 for 23, 195, had a nice TD pass at A.D. Mitchell, was probably the star of that, of that highlight with the one-handed grab in the end zone. And then Malik Murphy, I mean, we're going to try not to drive the Malik Murphy hype train, but that that young man, he he had a game too, a 9 to 13 for 165, um, a touch, a long touchdown pass to John Tate Cook in the, in the second half. So we're going to start uh, with there. With you said, um, Quinn being QB one, not a surprise, but is it the right call? Should Steve extend this QB competition into the fall into the fall, or did Quinn do enough during the spring to that you feel comfortable saying that's the guy, and we'll see what Malik and Arch can do um, developmental wise over the next couple months. It's Quinn's job. Let 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 Quinn work. Quinn Quinn got in better shape. Quinn looked good. Um, Malik Murphy, though, wow. And I know it's simulated. I know they can't hit the quarterback, and they don't blitz and none of that. But sheer arm talent. And, Duck, we we talked to Robert Griffin III, who knows a little bit about quarterbacking, before that game. And he told us, he goes, look for Malik Murphy. He's got arm talent. And so, you know, we filed that away, and then we saw it, and we're like, wow. Wow, that that guy can spin a football, and he and he looks like he's used to doing it. It wasn't one of those things where he hit the lottery, you know, where this is just the day that he's going to be great. No, you can tell he's done that before, and that helps the room, and um, and it takes the pressure off of Arch to live up to the name on the back of his jersey. Let Arch develop. Let Malik Murphy 
settle into that backup role. And if Quinn struggles, hey, there's a potential playmaker waiting to play. So we 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 all know this, and I'll hand it to you, Thomas. We all know that it takes a lot for Sark to pull Quinn yours. But mm-hmm. at, but after watching what we saw, if this kid, if this is the tip of the iceberg, I think this this kid, he looked like a college quarterback to me. Yeah, I, I mean he he's in the second season. He's a second. He's a two year starter now, and I think people sometimes, you, you know, we get enamored with the recruiting cycle and the arm talent. Everybody sees Arch. Oh, this is a five star kid. He's a Manning. He's the best quarterback recruit UT's had since Vincent Young back from back in the day. Look, it's in college now. He's a true freshman. You know, he should still be a senior in high school. You know, it's an adjustment to this level of football. And you're seeing Quinn is making that adjustment. He's now in a second year in Sark system. He's had a full spring. He was in command of the offense. And it helps when Sark puts, you know, the starting offensive line with Quinn, the starting receivers with Quinn. You know, that that helps too. Um but yeah, Quinn's the truth. I think he's he's the unquestioned starter. And Malik Murphy, we all love the backup quarterback, and and he's a he's a golden boy right now. He's got the arm. You talk about firepower. Golly, can he drill it? And you know the other thing too, Danny. You know, Sark loves that deep vertical stretch the field part of the passing game, and he likes it to a fault and tries to push that too hard, but. Boy, and Quinn and uh, Malik both have great arms. So, uh, but yeah, he threw it on a dime to uh, Jonte Cook for the touchdown, and he threw the other one, DeAndre Moore, a drop. So, uh, were you as impressed with Malik as we were, Danny? Yes. Sorry. Um, yes, I, I, I think we've all been kind of waiting to see exactly what um, Malik Murphy is as a quarterback. We didn't get to see that last year, and even in. in practice windows. Um, I think of the three practices, three or four practices, media was able to attend. Malik was only able to throw during one of them. So um, I think everyone was kind of ready to see who this guy was. I mean, at one point during his high school career, he was a five-star recruit into signing as a four-star. So obviously he has talent and, you know, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't recruit scrubs at the quarterback position. So obviously if Sark, you know, saw something out of him um, in high school, you obviously know this young man has talent and we got to see it. And um, who knows how much we're going to actually see that during the season? Because you know he is going to be QB two. There is a QB one, and you only does you only get to see that QB two if disasters happen. So who who knows how much we actually see during the 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 fall? But um, I think Texas fans have to feel a little bit confident. And, you know, I think if you're a coach at Texas, um, you know now that hey, we can work Arch in. We can develop him. We can you know he doesn't have to be the guy that the first time there's a sign of struggles you know we're going to be tempted to throw him out there because we know we have a more than capable um backup in Malik who you know we they I mean they probably already knew that but the, the fans now know that too but I, I do want to say about Quinn you know I've been was pretty impressed by just kind of his attitude um you know we've heard a lot um from his coaches and his teammates kind of how he's become more of a leader um this offseason um, he looks better, um, both physique wise and getting ready the, you know, getting rid of the, the mullet and, you know, you know, kind of cleaning up there. Not that that means the world, but, um, you know, he came into the postgame press conference. It's the first time we got to talk to him since the, since the Alamo bowl. And, you know, he, you know, he said what a lot of people have been saying that last year wasn't good enough, that he knew that, and that he needed to do some changes. And I, I, I'm 
you know, it'd be really easy if you're Quinn Ewers to kind of rest on your laurels and be on Quinn Ewers and this is my job and, you know, tune out the haters. But it, it kind of seems like he knows that last year was not, you know, good enough and that he knows that there's a couple hungry guys right behind him. And that's another good thing about Malik making the strides he's making is that I'm sure Quinn knows that this kid can take my job if I if I mess it up. So I, I was impressed by Quinn's attitude. I was impressed by his performance this spring, what people were saying about him, and then obviously really impressed by what Malik showed us um, on, on Saturday. But uh, either Seth or Thomas, we heard about Kirk's observations from Saturday, but what do you what do you all see on Saturday um, that kind of stood out? Well, I, I'll start. Um, well, one thing, okay, the offenses look great. There was almost 600 yards of offense, and, and they didn't play the equivalent of a full game. But on the flip side, that defense gave up almost 600 yards. They didn't force a turnover. They had guys running free and wide open in the secondary. Now, there were some guys, you know, Jalen Catalan didn't play. He's a projected starter at safety. Uh, Jalen Gilbo didn't play. So the secondary was missing some guys. But still, some guys got, got smoked out there trying to cover these receivers. So that's a concern. You know, simple as that. It, that's still a concern. Now, granted, you couldn't get a real pass rush in a spring game. And, you know, one of the receivers, A.D. Mitchell, is wearing a green jersey, so you couldn't really rough him up. But still, I'd be a little concerned um, with the lack of uh, takeaways and the lack of, you know, really much coverage in the secondary. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and we have to take it with a grain of salt because you can't blitz. Yeah. And you can't. You can't stun. They don't. They didn't do a lot of stunning. Um, I did notice that they well, they the did pass, some. They just can't touch them. They just can't touch them. And I did notice that uh, my my big yeah. takeaway was um, I saw pressure. Um, Baron Sorrell flashed early. Anthony Hill, those guys, those those guys are going to get to the quarterback. Byron Murphy, they're going to get to the quarterback. I think. And 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 I, I love what Thomas said because. Um, it, it it all goes together. If those guys can create havoc up up front and get to the quarterback, Jalen Ford uh, included in that group, uh, then that's going to take the pressure off some uh, off of these cornerbacks. Uh, I think Ryan Watts is an NFL corner. I think he'll be fine. But we got to figure out if if these other guys are going to be up to task. I, I think Jade Barron is fine. Um, and once but one and once you get everybody, you know. The defense is a split, so once you get every, once you get your best eleven over there, and um, generate a good pass rush, and have your best eleven on the field instead of in split squads, I think they'll be okay. But it's all incumbent of that on that front six, front seven, to get it done to take the pressure off the back end because we all know in the Big Twelve these quarterbacks get rid of the ball really fast. And I will say, and, and to, you know, Thomas, you laid out a couple of the reasons to defend the defense, but, you know, you can't hit anyone. Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill aren't playing on the same team. And let's be honest, Steve was just out here making up spots to keep the offense on the field. I mean, so I, I don't uh, – uh, We were laughing at that, man. Very, it was like third and eight, and they get – Very generous. Like, move them chains, dog. Yeah. Did he run up and move the ball one time? He did at one point physically take the ball and move it and say, all right, let's uh, – What the hell, Sark? Let's go. So I'm not I'm not too worried about the defense just yet. We'll see what what happens when they're actually able to do what they do. But um, of the spring standouts, whether it's from practice, whether it's from media sessions, whether it's from Saturday, who kind of stood out among this group? Uh, Kirk, we'll we'll start with you um, from throughout the spring. Well, you mentioned uh, Donna 
Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia, who's caught touchdowns in both championship games for the Bulldogs. He's the real deal, and uh, he really stood out to me. You mentioned the one-handed grab in the end zone, which was spectacular, and I think he's going to be a breakout player. You know, and we didn't even see Isaiah Nayor. He was he's still rehabbing his knee injury from from late last summer. So. And Jatavian Sanders didn't catch a pass. So I'm really impressed with the okay. receivers. I think they, they've got a really good core of receivers. And, you know, Jordan Whittington is going to catch a lot of balls. And uh, Xavier Worthy played better. Called a deep pass. His body language looked better. He was into that. So uh, uh, so they jumped out of me. The other two that I'd mention is Savion Red, the receiver, moved to running good back. Lord, the, don't name them all. Uh, Save some for me and Thomas. Golly. Mentioned five guys. Save some. I, for the other. I mentioned Mitchell and I mentioned Red. I mentioned Terrence Brooks, who's going to be all big 12 cornerback. Write it down. Oh, go okay. ahead. Okay. I didn't know he was even going to start with uh, Ryan Watts and Gavin Holmes. Yeah, he'd still be I going. I think he might. I love Terrence Brooks. Go ahead, Thomas. Who you got? Well, Anthony Hill, you you know, we're talking freshmen who are ready to go. He's a five-star kid that flipped from A&M late to UT. He started in the spring. He's impressed everyone all spring. At the orange-white game, he started where DeMario Obershone used to start. And what impressed me is they moved him around. You know, he's at linebacker. They moved him to edge. They let him rush the passer. He's dropping back in coverage. That tells me that he, he fully grasped what they want him to do defensively. He understands the schemes. He knows where he's supposed to be on any particular play. He's he's a he's a star in the making. I love watching him play Saturday. I think that's going to be a big help for a Longhorn defense in the fall. I love his hand on the ground. I'm, yeah, I think he's I think he's the edge guy. I think he could be the next Arakpo if he wants to be. And I know that's big talk, but he just he's he leaps off the screen. You know where he is when he's on the field, and you can't keep your eyes off of him. Um, my guy, R- Ryan Watts, I mean, he blew a couple of guys up in the spring football game, and that got me kind of excited. You're not supposed to hit hit, but he he's physical, and he's big, and he's like 6'2", 6'3". He's like Mel Blunt. Me, me and Kirk remember Mel Blunt. That's an old-school Pittsburgh Steeler who was a 6'3 corner in the 70s, who's in the Hall of Fame now. Um, physical cornerbacks, that that kind of thing can proliferate through a defense. People love physical corners, and he's going to be their – I think he's going to be their blitzer. He's going to be the guy that's going to be changing games off the edge, coming off the edge and blitzing and, and shutting down the other team's best receiver. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to not only this season for him, we're watching him play in the league because he's the prototype now. They want big corners, and he's yep. the guy that uh, other college coaches are looking for in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I got caught up in the moment on Saturday, and I am all in on Jaden Blue. I don't I don't care if that defense was inexplicable on that run Wait, or what, exact, what exactly happened, but that run right there was – that was a lot of fun. And Jaden's an interesting um, young man. He uh, – Skipped his senior year of high school, um, didn't play that season, enrolled early, didn't get to play much last year. So he hasn't played a lot these last two years. But, you know, throughout the spring, you know, his teammates had a lot, of good, a lot of good things to say about him, as well as the other running backs in that room. And that's going to be the big question going this fall is who 
replaces Bijan's production, who replaces Roshan's production. And, and, you know, I think in the spring game, you had, you had Jaden, you had CJ Baxter, had a, had a touchdown, Savian Red, we've talked a lot about him and just kind of his transition to that position. He ran the ball well and caught a couple passes on Saturday. So you have three candidates there. And that's not even including Keelan Robinson or Jonathan Brooks, who didn't play on on Saturday. So Steve has a lot of options there. Now he's a kind of a guy who likes the bell cow running back. Like he he boasts about having you know his thousand yard rusher streak, whatever he likes to say as a play caller. I mean that's a reason he, you you don't, you don't get that by having a committee. So he's gonna have to choose one or two of these guys. But I really like what I I saw about Jaden from Jaden on Saturday and kind of reminding everyone why he was so well thought of out of high school. And maybe if he gets a shot this fall, he can uh, replicate, uh, you know, replicate Saturday's results, but maybe hey, I also just got caught up in the moment. Let me ask y'all a quick question right now, mid April, we have a long way to go for the season. Who leads this team in rushing next year with all that depth at running back? Who do you think? I think if you pick one, you're foolish at this point. I mean, who, if you had to pick one, there are five, there are five backs and all five backs. You can, I can lay out a reason why all five should be starters. I think it's really just going to be one of these guys is going to catch Steve's eye that first week, maybe in the Alabama game and hold on to the job. I don't think we can say definitively one way or the other in April, because once again, two of those guys aren't playing right now. And, you know, they're the, also the ones with the most experience, you know, Keelan's been with Steve for three, four years now. Um, Jonathan Brooks, we all thought he was the guy last year and then you know he kind of struggled in the alamo bowl and didn't we didn't see much of him in the spring cj baxter's a five-star Jaden blue did what he did and Savian red he's kind of a wild card so i Keelan's a is is a slasher i don't think he's an every down guy so, so i do i will say this thomas jones i i'm like danny davis i got some Jadon blue goggles going yeah. right that impressed the hell out of me i saw speed i saw power I saw elusiveness and I saw balance all on one run. So I like him. And I think a, a lot of guys are going to get touches in the backfield this year. I think, it's, I think it's Jonathan Brooks' job to lose, though. And Oops. yeah, I like Jonathan. But, and man. he's, you know, he's kind of paid his dues, and and Sark raved about him. Like yeah. every time we put him in the game, he's produced. And and to your point, you know, he had hernia surgery in but January, I guess. So and he barely got any playing time but scored a touchdown in the Alamo Bowl. So I, I think it's his job to lose starting out. CJ Baxter looked good. He's lean. Zed and I were talking what did they yeah, estimate? Like two fourteen? Yeah, he looks a lot yeah. leaner than that. But uh boy they got a talented running back room. They really do. It's a, a lot of weapons. Lot, lot of weapons and Sark's gotta figure out what mix works. Sometimes like I me and Kirk got into the about this a couple of years ago with those receiving with those receivers. You know the greatest receiving class. I was like, sometimes we you play have, too many. Herman wanted to play eight guys. You play your best three. You play. You got to play two or three. And and um, do we agree that somebody in that running back room is probably going to be in the portal this time next year? I'm going to say yes. That's always, a, there's always a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Uh, speaking of that portal, um, there's a couple months we go before the season. Um, there were a couple Longhorns who jumped into the. Transfer portal this past week. Um, team meetings are being held this week, individuals with Sark. So there's a chance a couple more Longhorns may decide to look elsewhere to continue their careers. But Steve will also probably be looking into the portal to see 
if there's sure. some guys in there who can help his team. If you're advising Steve, uh, what positions are you saying? Hey, I think this team could use an upgrade here. If you can find a difference maker in the portal at this time of the year, Kirk, we'll start with you. Well, I think the top three positions he needs to look at are defensive line, defensive line, and then, oh yeah. And defensive line. Uh, he could also use a linebacker, but you know, and he even mentioned, he said, yeah, when I think said it was your question about the defensive front and he kind of said, yeah, you know, we may get a guy in the portal, you know, Bear Alexander, the Georgia D lineman who's a starter is in the portal. So it, boy, if they could get somebody like him to really kind of bolster that. And, you know, like I said, you wrote about the, the double digit sacks, how long it's been, you know, since they've had somebody do that, you know, um, was it Cedric Reed, wasn't it? Jackson, Jeff Colt. They both hit us. Jackson at 13 Double and digits. at 10, uh, yeah. 10, 10 years ago. So it's been a minute. So I would think defensive line with linebacker close second. I go I go edge, rusher, um, just like we talked about. That's that's a game-changing position, and I know they need some beef up front. But uh, and, and a good edge rusher can change a game and mask a lot of ills on the back end or even up front. So, uh, you know, and, and I, I believe, and we've talked about this, uh, Daniel and Duck, and uh, before TJ came on, it's starting to become a running backs league again. It, it's funny how it, how it was quarterbacks, you know, Colt and Sam Bradford and and uh, those guys, and uh, start, running backs are starting to, to get, get some run again in this league, but still – that edge rusher is so important. And I, I, if they can find a guy that can get them five or six sacks in that portal, give them 300000 bucks because th that's going to come in handy. And I know these guys are overpaid, but good for them. I wish we were overpaid. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think the edge is, is almost – I think the edge rusher is really the only glaring need on the team opposite Baron Sorrell. I think he'll have a good year. Ethan Burke, the, the Westlake product, looked good uh, Saturday. Um, and you can never have enough defensive backs. You know, you saw a couple of guys, like we talked about, were hurt Saturday. You can never have enough guys to cover receivers. Simple as that. So if Sark can go find another defensive back or two, guy that can play nickel, versatile, versatile cover man, I, I would say that prioritize that. And, and Bear Alexander, you know. Again. From Georgia, he's a Texas kid. Once I think AM was he was close to signing with AM, bring him back home. He'd, he'd be a difference maker in the middle. Yeah, I, I think if you can improve any the depth at any of the positions on defense, I think you take that um, swing and try to get get one of those players together. I think you're pretty set depth wise on offense, as we've talked about for much of this this podcast. I think every position there goes, you know, too deep. Even the tight end, I mean, they're pretty high on Gunner Helm. Um, you know, and, and Jatavian Sanders. I think they're set pretty much in all offensive positions. But, um, you know, if you can help your depth on defense, I think that is something that is worth worth addressing. But so spring game, um, football season's done, or spring football season's done. Now we just have about five months to go before that Rice game at DKR on September 2nd, I believe it is. Uh, but that's not – it's not dead on campus yet. There's a lot still going on. Uh, the baseball team ranked 14th this week in the D1 poll, the Big 12 leading baseball team. Uh, they have four games at home this week, Abilene, Abilene Christian on Wednesday, Oklahoma Friday through Sunday. Uh, the softball team uh, ranked eighth nationally. Who knows if they um, – the new poll hasn't come out yet, so I don't know if they're going to dip a little bit after losing 
uh, one game to Kansas this past weekend, but Oklahoma State, which was third, is coming into town. So we have an 8-3 matchup Thursday through Saturday over at McCombs. Uh, TJ and I will be out there at least once or twice to see see that happening. Um, should be some really good softball over at McCombs Field. Uh, women's golf team, Big 12 championships are in Dallas uh, this weekend. And then both men's and the women's tennis teams have their Big 12 championships in Lawrence this weekend, uh, rowing in track there on the on the road, but neither of those are Big 12 championship uh, matches. So that's a tease for what's going on uh, on campus. Uh, on Second Thought Podcast, we have a tease for that. Yeah, what are y'all cooking up with the uh, with the Ooh, Thursday? It's rough right now on Second Thought. We're trying to get a, a major megastar, and I'm I'm begging like Keith Sweat, but you sound like uh, RT talking about the portal. But he's ghosting me right now, and so I'm trying. We're trying, trying to, get to get him. a major star. Trying to get him, and I'm not going to tell you who he is, Bijan Robinson. But we're trying to get him. <laughs> if we get him, we get it. Hey, we <laughs> talked to RG3, who did the game, and he's wanting to come on after the draft. But but RG3 looked impressive, and he really likes his Texas team, doesn't he, Sid? Yeah, we really liked RG3. Man, such such great perspective. I should have just hit the record button. To, yeah, we should have. That was a great conversation. Go, just keep talking, dog. Just keep talking. Uh, he's got a lot to say, and he's a star. And quiet as it's kept, he still wants to play in the league. Hey, move to Houston. Texans need a quarterback. Yeah, but that phone is not ringing. That phone's not ringing. So it looks like he can play. He does. He does. And he's got four kids, so that that's incentive to keep playing too. <laughs> Whoever y'all do get, we will find out on Thursday morning when that drops on statesman.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, as for us, that's going to do it for us. Be sure to check out statesman.com throughout the week for all of our baseball, softball coverage. Uh, Seth's writing about uh, some football stuff for his golden nuggets uh, for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's newspaper. We'll have a lot of draft stuff next week um, since the NFL draft is uh, next week. And obviously, Bijan. Roshan, um, Moro Ojimo, Kanji Coburn, De- DeMarvin Overshone should all hear their names called at some point during the weekend. And then there's some other guys, Deshaun James and Anthony Cook, who may be late picks or, you know, undrafted free agents. So lots of Longhorns are going to be looking forward to the next stage of their career. And we'll be covering all of that next week. But that's going to do it for us. Um, once again, we appreciate you watching on YouTube, listening to this on wherever you get your podcast. Um, we're probably done for until until the summer, maybe Big 12 Media Days or or fall camp. So we will see y'all then. But once again, we just appreciate you checking us out. Be safe out there.